Welcome to Comedians Ruin the Bachelorette podcast, the show where I trick people into watching The Bachelor on a Saturday. And then they're like, why'd you make me watch that? And then they go smoke a cigarette and come back and do this podcast. Today we got Gloria Gray. What's up, Gloria? Um, not much. I'm just watching The Bachelor. Ruining The Bachelor. We also got Phil Corridor as per usual. Yes, hello. I'm in love with both of them. And I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this episode starts in a church. As we know, Clayton is a man of God. Yeah. He told Susie that as he put her in the limo after fucking all her friends. Everything happens for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a crystal ball, okay? They take away our cell phones and our crystal balls. Someone should introduce him to tarot cards because it's like an in-between. He can make those mean whatever he wants, which is great. He's so good at that. Yeah, because everything happens for a reason. However he interprets those, it'll be right, right? Uh-huh. Oh, man. And, you know, relationships have a lot of ups and downs. You have to fight for love. Even if the ups and downs are things that I caused directly <laughs> with my choices, um, I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't make adult decisions. <laughs> you know... I'm going to start selling crystal balls. I think there's a market for it. For as many times as they say crystal balls in The Bachelor. Yeah, they don't have them. You got to mm-hmm. smoke them if you got them. <laughs> I want to make a specially made magic eight ball and send it to Susie. But every time she shakes it, it just says, leave him. Yeah, I don't think she's going to need that. I think she... I mean, I think the dad's way underplayed. Like, I think the dad is where it's at. Oh, yeah, I forgot. What's that guy's name? I don't know. Clayton's dad. Clayton's dad. Mr. Daddy. He's hot. Yeah, Clayton's dad has some sense. Clayton's dad, like, when he introduces them to his family, his dad just wants to fucking smack him in the face and call him a dumbass, but he doesn't. Instead, he's like, well... You screwed the pooch. He's even polite about it. He's like, it sounds, I hate to tell you, son, but it really sounds like you screwed the pooch. He screwed two pooches. He did. It was to two. Be fair. Yeah. He would have screwed three pooches if he had a dog breeding license. All right. So let's go back to the beginning. Clayton has just fucked up. He fucked everybody. He told them all that he was falling in love with them and that he was in love with them. All the, every part of speech. And then um, Susie, the one he loves the most, who he doesn't fuck, she leaves, and he is so broken. (laughs) (laughs) So he's got to go to a Catholic church where they're having a private choir concert for him while he cries in the church. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would be funny if it was like, uh, like a Christian country star. With the choir. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it'd be great if it was the Dixie Chicks, honestly. Oh, yeah. They're just called the Chicks now. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to 2022, Gloria. It was only 20 years ago that I had their album. 
Oh, yeah. I didn't buy it. It was a Christmas gift, but I, I listened to, like, three songs on there. Nice. I thought you were an ally. <laughs> I am. I totally am. Uh, I also have been an idiot and, like, um, just uh, just a pawn in commercialism, kind of, you know? My first, my first tape was, like, The Offspring. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was nice then. Not now. <laughs> See, things just don't last. Do you remember when the Sacagawea dollar coins first came out? Yes. My mom gave me a whole roll of them, so I took them to the CD store, and I bought uh, the Survivor album by Destiny's Child. And then the lady at the counter was like, you can't pay for an album with quarters. And instead of saying, these are dollars, I just looked at her blankly with my like 12-year-old shy face, and I just started counting the Sacagawea coins on the <laughs> counter, like, wordlessly. <laughs> like, I will have my Destiny's Child. <laughs> How dare you insult Sacagawea? I used to uh, I used to buy my train tickets with a twenty dollar bill, and then it, it'll give you change in dollar coins. I've done that a couple times. And uh, uh, what does that say about us? That we love doubloons. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is crazy that we're even talking about this. I was on the bus the other day, and somebody had left a dollar coin, like, in the window seal from 1980. Wow. Yeah. So I found that. That's silver in there. And I found a Social Security card, which I'm going to return the Social Security card, but all I'm saying is my roommate's pet sitter probably thinks I'm insane because he came over and there was a pile of, like, drag king wigs and a bunch of cash and then some random stranger's Social Security card on the counter. Sounds like, like a, no- a creepy dollar coin. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like a normal day at my house. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why he would think that was weird. Uh, identity theft. Anyway, so I feel bad for the host because um, he and Clayton, just by ne- necessity of you being the host and The Bachelor having a mental breakdown orchestrated by the producers... Um, it's kind of a one-sided friendship. It's, it's like one of those friendships where you know this girl and she's dating this guy and he's awful. And yet she stays in it and then she bitches to you about the same things every time you hang out. Mm-hmm. And like maybe something's going on with you, but she doesn't even know. And that's how it is with Jesse and Clayton. Like Jesse is woken up in the middle of the night and Clayton's just like, I fucked too many women and I don't know what to do. And you guys took away my crystal ball. And, and Jesse's just like, what? Uh, what did I wake up for? Um, also, Jesse's a ESPN host. That's his regular job. Oh, yeah. And no. I wonder what he did to deserve this. <laughs> so like... Uh, when he does advise Clayton, it's all kind of like, all right, let's do a play-by-play. <laughs> all right, let's do the blue 42. Uh, or if you, if, if, if you fake this way, what happens later in the game? Um, <laughs> and that's how they come to the conclusion that he needs to tell everyone and be a thousand percent transparent, which is how I know Clayton's a liar, because you can't be a thousand percent transparent. That's I really like see-through. how Clayton blamed the third girl. Like, you weren't, you weren't open with me. <laughs> you weren't open with me about what your requirements were. Like, you know, fucking. Yeah, you're supposed to, you have, like, it would be, you know, courteous and considerate just to tell me if I'm not supposed to, if 
fuck anybody else if I like you, right? <laughs> like, is there a grace period between times that I fuck you that, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> is there an acceptable amount of time between that maybe we could all enjoy life a little bit, you know? Like, he's just thinking in sense of... I just took this Viagra, and <laughs> if you're not going to fuck me right now, this can't be my fault. Oh, yeah, I'm going to look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Standing alone with the bone. Yeah, they make me leave this mic on at night. Like, they're going to have to listen to me jerking it. It's fucking terrible. Well, and they take away their cell phones. They don't have access to internet. Oh, God, so he's going to be doing it in front of the window? Yeah, he's going to have to use his thoughts. Like, you mean I have to use my imagination to masturbate? I've never done that before. <laughs> I'm going to have to go to the gas station. <laughs> Do you mean I have to keep walking down into the lobby just to like look at the, the, the clerk's tits and then walk back and remember what they look like and then walk down again because I forgot what they look like? I have to draw a picture of the clerk's tits down in the lobby? That's crazy. Do you mean I got to go back to masturbating to my own hand-drawn anime porn? <laughs> <laughs> or like... The lady on the uh, raisin box. They oh, yeah. You, you, you cut off uh, her knees and then you tape them to her chest. And it looks like she has boobs. Um, I didn't know that was a thing. That's great. I heard about that, yeah. We used to have one that we did that to, like on our refrigerator growing up. My mom, <laughs> she thought that was the best thing ever. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was this Mexican restaurant by where I grew up where they had really risque photos of women in Budweiser and Bud Light swimsuits. Oh, yeah. Nice. And it was a family restaurant. And where was this? Oh, let's see it. <laughs> <laughs> where are these women? Okay. Right, so I was at the corner. I have to see <laughs> Dude. I've always wanted a Budweiser swimsuit. I don't even drink. Like, it's just a fantasy, I guess, of mine from prepubescent. There's, like, this one where they're all hanging on, like, a fucking billboard, but the swimsuits are what's holding them up. (gasps) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. I got to go to SeaWorld to get that Budweiser swimsuit. Or No, I could get it online, I'm pretty sure now, but for a long time I thought that was the only place <laughs> I could get it. <laughs> Before the internet was so handy. You have to be invited into the Budweiser girl gang, mm. or they get mad that you're wearing their colors. But I can't even finish a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I think they only hire models that can't finish a beer. You know, like no one actually wants, like, what their product does to people. Like, no one... That's not sexy. Mm. <laughs> All right, so he's a thousand percent transparent. He's the invisible man. He can walk through walls. And he So he can see people naked, so he can masturbate with just his thoughts because Susie walked out on me. Um, so he's going to go to the rose ceremony now. So for this rose ceremony, there's supposed to be only two roses left and three women left, the three women um, who he just banged during bang week. And he's already met all their families. And from that point, he's supposed to choose two. And then one of them goes home. And then the last two get to fuck his dad. I mean, they get to meet his family. They get to fuck his dad. Um, but the problem is Susie's gone. So there are two girls, two roses. 
So at this point, the emotional mathematics of this is all right. So two girls, two roses, everyone gets a rose. Great, right? Actually not great. Because if you're the girl who gets the second rose, that means that if Susie was here, you would have been going home. Yeah. Oh, man, what a mess. And then Gabby says, like, no. Like, yeah. She has that moment of self-respect. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then then he tries to convince her to come back, and then she's like, all right, fine, I'll take the rose. But, like, also Rachel is just like, oh, fuck, I'm the winner by default. (laughs) I'm such a loser. Well, she didn't say that, but we were all thinking it. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. There's also the extra emotional layer of the fact that they get their heart broken while wearing Mardi Gras ball gowns. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever experienced like like if you're in like a prom dress or something really pretty or glitter. If you're if you're looking your most beautiful and they hurt you while you're looking your most beautiful and you're like standing there looking like a princess crying in the street, like that makes it worse, I think. I think. Well, no, I would have to say that Gabby is an ugly crier. She's not pretty when she cries. The other girl, the blonde girl, she's really pretty when she cries, and she kind of sounds like she's having sex when she's crying. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way he can tell the difference between their cry noises, because he doesn't really like know them as people mm-hmm. or recognize them as individuals, but mm-hmm. he can be like, oh, is that a gasping chihuahua down that staircase? Oh, that's Rachel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She likes to get on all fours and... um Act like she's being rehomed. I can't, I can't b- b- believe this. <laughs> he said stuff to me and he said it to someone else. Uh, so he tells them both, he gets in front of them and he says, I love both of you and I fucked both of you. <laughs> and I love Susie and she's gone and I'm so mad I didn't fuck her too. It does, he doesn't say that, but it's implied. Yeah. <laughs> it's body language. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to take her in the volcano. <laughs> I didn't get to go deep with that relationship. I could have made so many jokes about... Do you, do you know how many puns I'd be making about that date? <laughs> We're so deep right now. At this point, Rachel has a broken nail. Yeah, yeah. and she keeps showing it off. It's really weird. It's her middle finger. I think it's like a weird subliminal gesture. I don't know. I think she's just like subconsciously like revealing it to everyone. Like, I know I have a broken nail. Okay, look at it. (laughs) Fucking look at it. It's kind of yeah, something I would do probably. Gabby's abandonment issues kick in and uh, tell her, send her a bunch of like fear chemicals telling her body to run, which is the correct thing to do. Um... And she even talks to the producer. She's like, maybe it's easier if I just leave. And it's one of those, anytime they're talking to a houseplant in these scenes, they're really having a whole conversation with a producer, but they're just editing one side of it. They're turning it into a one-sided phone call. But the producer's gaslighting her. And so she's like, okay, well, maybe I'll talk to him in the parking garage. And then he gaslights her in the parking garage. Like, you don't want to fight for this? (laughs) Yeah. Man, he must be really charming. He's tall. He's intimidating. He he's he he's he's tall. <laughs> okay, we've been debating about his dick. 
he's circumcised or partially circumcised. What was the... Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's uncircumcised, and so you, it's impossible to clean vagina out of it within a day. What? Well, yeah, d- dude, it's trapped in the folds. Here, I... Okay, how can I best d- describe this? So, like, when a dick has foreskin on it, every time it enters the woman, it's a new dick. It's like like there are several phases of dick through this foreskin, right? It's like if you stretched it out, it'd be like three feet of dick or something. It's like know. Jim Carrey's face. Yeah, it's like Jim Carrey's face. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, you, need, you actually need more lube with foreskin because that shit will stretch you out. I think they come harder, though. No, they do, because um, when you circumcise a penis, they lose 70% of the nerve endings in their, their privates. Yeah, uncircumcised guys are screamers. So that's why Clayton thinks he's in love, because he comes harder than the other boys comes really hard it feels like love it's just like oh, oh. <laughs> is that what that is <laughs> i don't know gotcha <laughs> <laughs> so gabby's point of contention is clayton keeps saying sociopathic shit yeah. oh. that he doesn't even realize why it's bad he keeps saying shit like well i love you and i love her it's totally different flavor and, oh, but I love this one the most, or I'm going to choose the one that I love the most, even though I love you all. And, she, and Gabby's just like, uh, love's not merit, like measured. I want you to love me for me. You know, like I, I'm a 31-year-old ICU nurse. Why am I competing for love with a 24-year-old pilot? Well, let's discuss what we could possibly measure love in. Like, what units could we measure love in? Bill? Uh, gummy bears. Ooh. <laughs> now, is this like a mix of gummy bears, or is this any specific flavor? Uh, maybe like the red ones, but they taste like fruit punch. Is that what you think love tastes like? Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. I don't know why, but it makes sense. <laughs> uh Kelvin's. Oh. But to answer your question realistically, I mean, we have to know what kind of life we want. We have to know what our standards are. We have to know what we're compatible with. So, like, I could measure love. If I was, like, really feeling two guys, then I would just think, okay, well, which one of them owns a car? Mm-hmm. which one of them has a job, mm-hmm. which one of them will eat my cooking because that's just a big part of my culture. It has I get, Like, I can't be with a guy who doesn't eat my cooking or doesn't like home-cooked food or, you know, or has weird, you know, he, he's got a poop. It's like an issue every time we... No. <laughs> no, normal poops. Normal poops. Has a car, has a job. Um, and then, like, you know, doesn't interfere with my creativity or blow up my phone on a school night. You have really high standards, Genevieve. That's why I'm single. <laughs> like, none, no one I know lives up to those standards. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, shit. I have to say that not interfering with anything is kind of what... I mean, people just interfere. That's kind of their job. 
Well, I don't mean not at all. I just mean um, some guys do it really, really bad. Yeah. Like some guys, especially if you're a comedian, girl comedian, like they don't want their woman going out on a weeknight without a firm idea of what time she's coming home, that kind of thing. Yeah, controlling men. But I think a lot of guy comedians are like that too. Like they absolutely won't fuck with a girl who like, like if she throws a fit about something when they have a performance that night, like they'll just stop fucking with her completely. Like I think that's a common standard. You know, this is why I try, um, I try to approach things like um, on an exchange type of basis. You know what I mean? Like there should be upfront contracts with all sort of relationships, friendships, you know, um, relationship, like just any tier of relationship should have some sort of upfront contract. Like, hey, Genevieve. I want to be your friend, but I'm not going to call you every day. Is that okay with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, those are boundaries. Right, boundaries where yeah. life begins and ends. Okay, those things, yeah. <laughs> None of these women on this show have any sense of, like, boundaries until it's too late. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of a sneaky sneak. It's like at the, the club when, like, a guy's like, hey, so what do I get for a dance? What is it exactly that you do? And it's so annoying because, like, what they want to say is, will you suck my dick? Yeah. But they have so much shame that they don't have the balls to say it. And these girls, like, they have so much insecurity. They don't want to have to put that as an ultimatum. They just want the guy to choose it. They don't want to sour the sale. Yeah, they want them to have a crystal ball. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what this guy keeps complaining about. So. You're, you're not allowed to pull out a crystal ball in the strip club because if they allowed crystal balls, guys would see that it was probably a bad idea to yeah. spend all their money in the strip, strip club. So they see you out with a crystal ball. It's like when guys start filming the strippers, a bunch of bouncers just jump out of the walls. I used to, it used to be really annoying when I would have a guy kind of try to subtly do that negotiation with me. And then there would be, like, um, one of the hosts who would, like, show everybody the champagne rooms and do the, uh, set up the business deal and stuff and make sure we had everything we needed in there. So she would say stuff like, oh, yeah, they'll take care of you. And, like, she was new, and I was like, you can't, (sighs) that worked for the sale, but now I'm locked in a room with an angry person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, nah, you can't nod like that. You can't, like, blowjob nod and say, take care of you, and then wink five times. Well, what's crazy is that a woman's natural reaction is to be something, like, angry, right? But really, you could extinguish the situation by being, look, I'm just going to tell my boss that you try to pay for sex. You can't have your money back. Mm -hmm. But they get all nervous and flustered because of all this subversive talking. Uh, Like... One time I got kicked out of Shotgun Willie's because I threw a bunch of lemon hens on the stage. <laughs> Man, I'm so glad that you don't come and visit me at work. Like, I'm so, that was so glad. That was the original building. <laughs> All right, so at this point, after Clayton's dropped his bombshell on them and they've cried a lot, he tells them he tells them that all right basically everyone's going to get a rose 
but you can choose not to accept the rose. I will understand why you chose that. And that sounds, he thinks in his head that he's like sounding very generous and very like, you know, he's deferring to their pain right now. But really what's really going on is Clayton doesn't want to have to make a decision at all. So if one of them rejects him, he doesn't have to make a decision. He can't break out with them because he's always trying to drive the relationship forward. And what the fuck happens in your childhood that makes you always want to drive every relationship forward? Like he does it like he's afraid that he'll he'll shatter, like he'll actually physically shatter like Mr. Glass if he can't further relationships all the time. It's because his eyes are so close together. <laughs> oh. Like a cartoon. It's weird. His eyes are really close together. I don't think he gets like the full spectrum of what's going on all the time. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely the ugliest of the brothers mm-hmm. of his siblings. Yeah. And they didn't stand up next to each other, so I don't know who's the tallest. And apparently, he's the tallest, probably. That's why he's God. Uh, it's gross when um. So he, the two girls begrudgingly decide to stay on the show, and then they have to immediately meet his family, which he does not appreciate at all. The weirdness of all right, I'm going to emotionally torture two women crying all night just think of the energy it takes to cry that much in a mardi gras ball gown with a microphone practice makes perfect (laughs) nail it (laughs) you gotta blot your eyes you can't wipe otherwise you'll look ugly gabby (laughs) but uh so then he goes to meet they go they both go to meet the his family and his family were just told about this kind of. Um, they were told his version. And then um, w- when he introduces Rachel, they're like, oh, what was your first impression of him when you came out of the limo? And she was like, he is so tall. And Clayton like laughed way too loud. And it was like, yeah, I got that going for me. And it's like, okay, Clayton, we know you know that you have that going for you. Like every white man who still has his hair and is that height and is young and is just like barely articulate, has that going for him and fucking knows it. And they're treated like the king. Like they're on dating apps, like they're treated totally different than like if a guy's 5'7". It would have been great if Gabby was like, you know, it's the first thing I noticed about him was how much I would appreciate if he only just slept with one of us during this <laughs> thing. <laughs> and how much I'd love him if, if he would have just only slept with one of us. And how I would have worshipped him forever if he could have just kept his dick in one woman. Imagine how awkward that'd be because everybody knew what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been that would have been good TV. All right, Gabby. That'd be too real. Well, Gabby, Gabby actually didn't really mind if he fucked everybody. She just didn't expect him to say "I love you" and make future plans with everybody. Oh, Gabby, Gabby, Gabby. <laughs> Gabby was like, "Go ahead and fuck everybody, and then just decide that I'm the best lay." I mean, because I think she probably was based on her hair. Yeah, I kept changing volume and, and uh, <laughs> you know, you just you never know. Um. So, uh, I yeah, I kind of wish Shanae was still here. Oh wait, did we settle on a botched circumcision? <laughs> He's not circumcised. 
He I don't know. Like yeah, no, I think that maybe he did. Like, I think his dick is two different colors. He looks like a guy with a dick that's two different colors. Is botched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just they just borrowed someone else's dick. Honestly, they should just do half circumcisions because it, to take away seventy percent of someone's nerve endings from mm-hmm. from their penis. Now, I just want them just to, just take up a little bit so I could have some fun. You know what I mean? Like, why do you mm-hmm. get to have all those nerve endings? Like, it just seems unfair to me. I think I've been with a guy who was half circumcised before. He was like, I don't know how he doesn't really know, but he was like, yeah, I've been trying to figure out if I was circumcised or not. Like, I don't want to ask my mom. That's weird. But it kind of, it seems like it's half. And it was kind of like half. And it was, it was a really good dick. Well, look at that. Look at what has come out of this. I was watching The Bachelor. All right, science. All right, medical. You know, we're the United States. We're supposed to be innovating all the genius shit around here. You heard it here first. You need a big sample size to say things about dicks. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Just trying to explore all my relationships. All right. Yeah, the half circumcision will be the new standard. I think it ought to be. And I think that we should, listeners with half circumcisions, contact us through the email <laughs> or Facebook page <laughs> and tell us what you think. Twitter. Tell us about what, do you even, how would a guy know that he has a half circumcised dick? Because hand jobs feel really good. Okay, well, so it just means that. His his foreskin doesn't cover the tip of his dick. It, yeah, right? it doesn't cover it, but there's, there's there's just more to there's more to work with. You heard it here first. <laughs> 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 All right. So one of the dumbest parts of this episode is the host keeps having these interludes where we're going to talk to Bachelor Nation about this rose ceremony from hell. And Bachelor Nation, more like Botox Nation. Like, do you, do you see Claire Crawley's face? Like, she doesn't cry. She leaks. Mm-hmm. That means she's always leaking. Oh, Like, she can't even blink her eyes. That means, like, she just, like, it, it just starts, like, falling down. And you don't know her emotion until, like, it's falling down and she's heaving. Like a, like a dying baboon, because that's how she fucks and cries. I just don't, noise. I don't think she has the strength to hold up her fake eyelashes and they're probably cutting into her eyes. Oh. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a really low-grade eating disorder. And they're still in, like, the functional early part of their eating disorder, so they don't look horrible yet. No, it's just a spray tan. The spray tan is, is making it bearable to look at. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that works. You know, it works both ways. It, it makes uh, bigger girls look a little bit uh, a little bit slender and a little cooked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it makes skinny girls look like they have something that was... They have dimension. Dimension, yeah. It adds shadow mm-hmm. <laughs> and <Yeah>. drama. <laughs> they got all that highlighter on because, you know, the highlight, and then there's like a flat middle part, and it makes things look rounder. It is a really specific look. Um, if you're a female, especially, so they pack before they go on to the show and the contestants bring all their own clothes. So if you've got like six Mardi ball, Mar- Mardi Gras ball gowns, <laughs> it was tough. You got six gowns and they fit you like a glove, like a sexy glove. You can't gain or lose weight throughout the show. Like you have to maintain the exact same weight. 
Yeah, because you're not allowed to get your period either. Oh, yeah. If you got your period during bang week, you're just not getting chosen. <laughs> How embarrassing. Like, That'd be so embarrassing. For some reason, I'm just not connecting with her. Like, all she <sighs> want to do is eat brownies. Can we lay down a towel? How many <laughs> towels does this fantasy cabin have in it? It's not enough towels. Didn't uh, Riley and Marissa, didn't they do it on the period? I, yeah, of course, of course they did. Dude, he was like eating her toes and shit. Like they, <laughs> they were like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was like, oh, she's on her period. I can come in her. <laughs> oh no. Um, What's up with the eating of the feet? The eating of the feet is a thing. Um, it tickles. It does tickle. It, it tickles. It tickles really yeah. bad. <laughs> I'm just trying um, to understand what the. I think uh, foot stuff and porn is having a moment. Mm-hmm. I also think guys are just running out of stuff to think about because all their fantasies are like force fed to them. So they're just running out of things to think about. And they're like, they, they need like an extra thing. Yeah, I did see this really thick girl one time and she had like really tiny ankles and I, it wiggled. That is kind of hot. <laughs> like, how do you stand yeah, up? Yeah, how are you holding all that up, girl? <laughs> impressive. Yeah, because when you see things that are impressive, you're impressed, right? Yeah. No matter how, like, thick I get, my wrists stay small, which now I'm insecure about, because that means if I was a dude, I'd probably have a small dick. Well, yeah, but maybe it just means you got a tight pussy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you're a girl. You know what I mean? Like, it's staying the same. Even though you're getting, you know, you're, you're evening out around. If it stays the same, then that just means... There was this one comment against Scruffy Murphy's one night that just went on a tangent about how um, fat girls have the tightest pussies. And it was probably the funniest set I've ever heard at Scruffy Murphy's. Mm. He started off like a TED Talk. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. It was so funny. And I was the only person laughing my ass off because everybody wanted to go home. And he went into this tangent about nobody gives them the time of day, but if they knew, I miss him. I wonder what his name was. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> his name is Reston. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, the thing about pussy tightness is that, um, like, people assume if you, like, gain 50 pounds, like, your pussy went through a transformation. Like, if your profile photo looks like a different person, your pussy's Facebook profile also, like, 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 like they assume that the transformation, like, matches Hmm, I, I get that. I get why they would think that, though. But then that's like, oh, if a guy gets fat, like, oh, I want to see how fat his balls got. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. So what I understand is that the taint has a lot to do with... <laughs> so when you get the <laughs> so men's taint gets bigger, so their dick gets smaller. Yeah, because everything's... Yeah, and then it... Yeah, and then it looks smaller in comparison. Like, Clayton... I, I bet Clayton has exactly five inches. 
You can't measure love, but you can measure that. Yeah, I bet he can. has exactly five inches, and he calls it six. And it on him, it looks like two. Yeah, but he's got a lot of weight behind it. <laughs> he's got more foreskin than dick. <laughs> I measure love yeah. and forgiveness. So, like, however much a person, like, really forgives me, I think they love me. And then also yeah. the extent to which you can forgive them. Oh, yeah. I have no standards when it comes to forgiveness, I think. Like, I, I think I'm just like, okay, are we friends now? Because I don't think I can sleep with this anymore. Yeah. I want this out of my house, mm-hmm. but I'll still have coffee with it. Mm-hmm. Check in. We'll have like life coach meetings, you know, like just to make sure that uh, it wasn't a complete waste of my time, you know, type of situation. Never mind. Got personal. <laughs> Got real personal, real fast. Sorry. All right. So he Clayton goes to tell his family about the situation um, with the two girls before they meet the two girls, and he's not really honest with them. He says, "Oh, I'm falling in love with these different women." Which, in his mind, that's a different sentence than I'm in love with these women. Which, in regular people's minds, it's not. But he really thinks that if he he can lawyer his way out of stuff, he's trying to create loopholes. And he thinks that they're valid. Yeah, it's, it's retarded. What makes me think this whole thing is fake is how there's only one logical person in that entire room, and it's Clayton's dad. Mm-hmm. he's like oh yeah she has the right to do that like it seems like you really screwed the pooch you know what I mean like he's the only person making any sense and Clayton's like no I'm not hearing it I'm not hearing it. and just interrupting his dad and trying to railroad through him like he did those those girls mm-hmm. he gaslit but like it's so impressive how his dad stands strong and he's like well that's her right she has a right to feel that way that mm-hmm. makes sense that makes sense he said didn't he say that? Mm-hmm. And then even when he meets Gabby, he's just like, honestly, I respect you for walking out at first. On the other hand, Clayton's mom is like, she completely has lost sense of her vagina. Or like the, the fact that she was ever protective of it at any given point. She was like, you walked away from my son when you found out? Wait, she doesn't really know, no, though, right? It hasn't been blatant to her. Well, that- she she got told the My Perfect Son Who Can Do No Wrong edit version of the story. Mm. He made it sound, and he, he even has to track back on this later with them when they're like, whoa, wait a minute, you said that woman left you. And he's like, it's not that simple. He makes it sound that simple. It's like, I and mean, we've all had a friend that does this, like when they come to us with relationship issues. Yeah. At no point do they think, well, you know, if I had just kept my legs closed or whatever, some of this wouldn't have happened, but I still feel bad about it and a little victimized by this. Like, a lot of people don't say it that way. They just say, like, oh, I'm the good guy. Amber Heard beat me up. I'm just an alcoholic who throws things. I'm not an abuser. I'm Johnny Depp. Amber Heard beat me up, and then she lied. Instead of, like, the truth, which is that Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are both drug horrible people because yeah. they're alcoholics and they're drug addicts. And he's older and has more power. And she's younger. And it feels a lot like domestic violence when, like, shit is being thrown and broken around your head. You know what? They're, they're, both people play roles and. So situations like that. Because I, I remember getting beat up, and I remember the things I said to get beat up, and mm-hmm. they were not nice. They were intentionally 
to hurt somebody. Yeah. And when you do that to someone, in fact, I think most domestic violence starts by uh, trying to stop the other person from leaving. And they'll do it at whatever cost. And like we, when you grow up in a different time and you see like the way, the messed up way that your parents handled situations, you want to protect yourself from that. You know what I mean? But like we're all idiots. We all do stupid things that like I'm sure we all regret, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the accountability that everybody is running from so hard on all these situations. Like, yeah, I feel I feel so much <coughs> better now that I've been accountable, like for all the things I started. And even though, like, I'm a girl, like, I still I still know what I did. You know, I don't know. Yeah, or like, I mean, even just a wrong chess move can create a situation where. You're allowing yourself to be around people that hurt you. You're allowing yourself to be hurt. You're allowing yourself to reenact old mm-hmm. patterns. Um, like when I look back to the guy who attacked me last year, that was very much an issue. If he attacked me because I decided to walk away from a weird conversation and he didn't want me to walk away. So it's like what you said about that was dead on. Um, but also it's like I knew from the beginning of our friendship that it wasn't a healthy friendship. And I remember talking to one of my friends and I'm like, yeah, like he kind of like treats me like shit, but then sometimes he's like the nicest person in the world to me. And I got recognized why that was so comforting to me at the time. And yet I still, I hung out with him a lot less long than I would have in the past, but I still, if you even hang out with that person another day, like, like with Gabby, when all of her childhood abandonment in the world is making her stomach hurt and telling her to run. Oh my God. And then she doesn't like, I have rarely seen a woman whose entire body is telling her to run. And then when she walks back on her own gut, she's happy about it later. Like the next day you'll always feel happy about it. Like when you get back with your boyfriend after a fight you'll feel ecstatic and you'll feel like, wow, I'm so glad we didn't let that come between us because now things are great. But in two months, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, damn. That was a pattern. All those things, all those times I wanted to walk away, I was right. Mm-hmm. Well, trauma has that interesting button in your brain. You know, It releases all this dopamine and stuff like that when you relive it. Mm-hmm. And we subconsciously put ourselves in these positions And it sucks. It sucks. It's what keeps this cycle of abuse going. It's like the... All we can control is ourselves, right? That's the only thing we can control. Yep. And both these women I know were bullied into staying on the show. Yeah. Because you see exactly where it's going now. Mm-hmm. It's not even going in either of their directions. And they, they just had sex in front of the whole <laughs> world, right? Like, they both made themselves out to be what my mother would call floozies, right? You know, like, that is the term that they use. You know, my mom said, oh, you can't sleep. When I was growing up, you couldn't sleep with anybody. Everybody would know. And these girls are doing it on TV. Like, I've, I'm hoping... Somebody's parents are dead because, like, that's really humiliating for the parents just because of the platform. Well, luckily, Gabby's mom won't care. Fuck. 
That's bad. Okay, so Gabby's mom is like clearly an addict or some sort of yeah. Where to? She's not in her life for some reason. Which what reason would you not be in a kid's life? Yeah, hmm. um, people choose um, substances over people. That's a thing. It's a real thing, and it doesn't. It doesn't seem to matter how wonderful or warm that human being is. It's an issue, and that causes a lifetime worth of insecurity and fear and all this other stuff. And I'm watching this show and I'm pacing. You guys notice, like I, I couldn't sit down for a, a bit because I was so stressed out about it. Like they're setting this person that's clearly traumatized up mm-hmm. to go back for more. Yeah. And they know to, why she's traumatized to get rejected in the fucking end. And I hate capitalism. Like that's how I feel. I'm just like, can't believe that this was all built to make people's heartstrings be plucked for this like character, this authentic character, right? Phil, she's your favorite character? Yeah, Gabby's my girl. I hope she comes back and hangs out at, you know, the open mics, maybe. Oh, I hope so too, because you know what? She's, I don't know. She's, she probably will end up with the open mix because... <laughs> <laughs> because... Because she has no self-respect at this point. Like, she tried to have it, and the producer was like, no. And the guy was like, no, don't do that. And she was like, okay. And, wh- and then she keeps doubling down on her bad choice. She's like, I, am, I know that I made the right choice. I stand by the choice to stay. And it's like, you, you, know, you do not have to stand by every choice you made yesterday. You know, mm-hmm. a day is not long enough to know if it was a good choice or not. Yeah. Accountability is hard and integrity is hard. Oh, hell yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. Especially when you're always shattering. Yeah. 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 When, you, when, you come from, when you come from something broken, it's hard to get, it's hard to fix yourself. And it's hard to have people around you that just want you to be better. Like, because, man, that's all I have control over is myself at this point. And it took me so long to push all these people out of my life that hurt me and create healthy boundaries and because we're always just taught to, I don't know, do the least amount of damage, right? When we're hurt, let's, let's make the least amount of noise. Let's make the least amount of scene instead of doing the thing that we need to do to get away. Yeah. Wow. Or we're taught to do the most, like do the least, do the least, do the least, do the most, or no one's going to see you. Oh, what an interesting time we're living in where people are, people are applying to sleep with one man. <laughs> Just because he's mm-hmm. tall. If he Just, was five foot seven and a good person, yeah. we'd be like, next. Are you a philanthropist? Uh, do you have a 401k? Like, I don't know any of these answers, y'all. I don't know. Oh, you're going to get paid by the show? Me too. You're tall. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of followers. <laughs> yeah. I'm Instagram hot. <laughs> My hair keeps changing length and volume. I like what you said about establishing boundaries at the beginning, like a contract before you enter something. Because one thing about if you're halfway through any kind of relationship, friendship, whatever, if you're partway through even family relationship, if you're partway through it and then you try to change all the rules... You can't do, you, you need a whole new relationship. That's misleading. It really is. But, but the thing is, we're taught, I learned that about upfront contracts and sales. If you're going to go somewhere and make a sales call 
and you're going to bring all the the whistles and the bells, you know, mm-hmm. oh, here are all the free samples. And like, yeah, let me jump through all these hoops for you. What You have to set something up being like, what are you going to do for me, though? Mm-hmm. If I do this for you, what is it that you are offering me? And nobody wants to talk about that because we all believe in Disney. Hmm. We believe in that love in Disney where they don't talk about it. They just get wrapped up in the wind and the song yeah. and the dance. And it's like, Happily ever after. And we don't want to spoil the sale by assuming the sale too early. Because people don't like talking about money because, you know, there is a class system, you know, that's... Why why can't people tell me how much they make? (laughs) Why can't they tell me how much they make? What is wrong with you to where you can't tell me how much you make? Because, oh, because you're being oppressed. (laughs) You're being oppressed and, and your oppressor doesn't want you to know that. So they don't want you to tell me. How much you're making right now, you know? Mm-hmm. That's that is crazy, and that is what all this type of system. It's like a predatory thing that privilege puts upon the oppressed, you know. And with dating, you know, people want to be chosen. So on a first date, like, and that that's what would mess up my head if I was on the show. Is well, I'm really good at first dates. I'm awesome at first dates. That doesn't mean we're falling in love. That doesn't mean I'm good to date. That doesn't mean I'm going to make a good girlfriend. That doesn't even mean we're really connecting because I could probably have that same date with anybody. I'm just good at first dates. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these people are too because they're charming, good-looking people. They're great at first dates. And then put them in an exotic location. We're falling in love. Really good orgasm. I'm falling in love with you and it feels so good. <laughs> in Myanmar. <laughs> and then he starts <laughs> we're falling in love in Vietnam. It feels just like when my dad fell in love with all those hookers in Vietnam. We're falling in love in Pueblo. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels so good. <laughs> his um, eyes were closed and he looked away. He had his hands crossed behind his back. <laughs> At one point, the mom does say something smart to him, which is, well, it's kind of weird we're going to meet, like, Gabby and Rachel. So I feel like uh, when I'm meeting Rachel, like, am I meeting a person or am I meeting a consolation prize? And then he gets so upset when he hears consolation prize. And he's just like, she's she's not a consolation prize. And, you know, he goes home later and Googles what consolation prize means. (laughs) Like, he had to Google gaslighting just so he could get on a bunch of podcasts and inform us that he's not gaslighting. Um, So he gets so mad. right now I'm not gaslighting you. (laughs) He gets so mad just because his mom uses a flippant word for the truth that triggers anger in him because he knows it's true. He knows that he's so committed to the format that he wants to have two women meet his family. He wants to fuck three women. He wants he it has to be with the format or he gets really, really, really upset. And he wants to walk away with someone, anyone. Well, I think he wants to get his dick wet a couple more times before the show's <laughs> over. That's what I'm thinking. And that's why he's so upset about it. Because that's the only thing that I see men get upset about, like, truly, like, in mm-hmm. that way. Well, when you won't give it to them. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I was supposed to have three, and I only got two, so I need more of the two and the, the one. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Mm. It's like yeah. some quota, some expectation. I, his mother, you know, rewarded him and never punished him. I'm gonna bust a nut. I'm gonna bust a nut. <laughs> Mom, get out of the bathroom. I'm busy right now, you know? Instead of her just being like, no, you gotta get out of the shower, she was like, okay, finish up. Let me know when, when I can come put the towels in here. 
my God. Uh, uh, the host, it keeps cutting to him for some reason. It's the least interesting part of the show, but he's trying his best to be a host. He, he keeps saying, uh, rose ceremony from hell. Like he's trying to make it happen. <laughs> He'll also be like, y'all better grab your wine glasses and hold them tight. <laughs> Ooh, you better hit an opera high note so your wine glasses explode in your hand. Urgh. But let's talk about that. This show has a wine culture around it, which now that I'm not drinking wine and watching the show anymore is really clear and kind of disgusting to me because I did used to have to have like a champagne glass in my hand when I watched the show. And if I was watching it and I saw them drink champagne, which they're constantly drinking champagne. I'll be like, well, I'm going to get some champagne. Yeah, you got to take the edge off. Well, and it's a social thing, too, because they're also showing these snapshots of women in the audience, their reactions. So, like, women that are alone and drinking, they don't Mm -hmm. feel bad about drinking, and they're getting to see these other women's reactions, which are a lot like theirs, like, oh, no, he didn't. Oh, my God. And it's like, but then also that can go into a social thing like we did today. You know, um, there's and no even Twitter, Reddit. It's a lot of friends that you can it's make a lifestyle. if you don't have friends. It's a freaking lifestyle, is what it is. And then they plug the Kardashians in there. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. There was a weird like "fuck you, Kanye West" infomercial in the middle <laughs> of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, which, honestly, I prefer back when they just used to constantly play the Beyonce, Jay Z. Tiffany's jewelry commercial where it's very clear that Beyonce is keeping Jay-Z in a glass cage and he's not allowed to have a computer so he has to cheat on her with a typewriter Oh yeah. and he can only watch movies with her in it in their home theater and then she's standing outside the house looking in on him like watching him yeah he's not selling crack cocaine no more she doesn't let him have a hot comb, which is why his hair looks like that. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that was like Christmas time. Yeah. If he tries to borrow one of her wigs, she starts calling him Becky with the good hair. Oh, yeah. It's so toxic. <laughs> yeah, check out our previous episodes from two years ago. <laughs> Christmas in 2020. Uh. Well, you know what? I say Beyonce can do no wrong. Okay. I yeah. agree. I really can't I always see side her. with the woman. Well, I'm scared mm-hmm. of what would happen if I didn't. I don't know. I'm really scared of her mom. Her mom intimidates the hell out of me. Like, and I'm like, I wouldn't want you at my, at a dinner party because like, you seem like you'd yell at me if I did something wrong. You know what I mean? But Beyonce just seems so pleasant and so gracious. And so I think she was raised well. And she was raised as a professional from a child's age. I think about Beyonce's mom every time I pick out an outfit for comedy because she had a bunch of like kind of like rules of style she would use when she was dressing Destiny's Child. Like, you know, if we're going to show midriff, we're, we're going to have a long sleeve. Mm-hmm. No, I remember thinking about that too. Like we're going to balance out what we show. So we're sexy, but they're never up there naked. And like one person might have short booty shorts, but the other person will have like long pants, but then like show more cleavage and... I think about that a lot. She's a smart woman. Yeah, no, it was like a set of dishware or something like that. You know what I mean? Like there was something a little different, but like it it got all wrapped up. 
But I do also look at Destiny's Child as a form of child abuse. Like, because he would have them running miles singing to, to make sure that they could dance and sing at the same time. At a very mm-hmm. young age when I think they should have been kids. You know what I mean? Like, if you're really passionate about something, you should go after it yourself. You shouldn't have someone yelling at you to do it. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. But the music would be so shitty. Yeah. Music would sound like you're our friend's SoundCloud band. Which still might be really good, but it'd be so much better if someone had made them like run and sing at the same time from a very early age. So you're telling me if I have kids, I should abuse them? Condition them. Condition <laughs> I think, no, I think there's a happy medium. I mean, like my parents are classical musicians that practice for hours each day. Well, I mean, they don't play classical now, but they're trained that way. Mm -hmm. And so that was sort of the discipline that I saw growing up. And they never like sat down, like forced me to work really hard on art. But it's like seeing them that would make me be like, all right, I'm going to take an hour of my day each day. And that's something that I have to do every day. A lot of kids aren't taught that. And I think they should be taught, you know, they should be taught. It's not tiger parenting to be like, hey, you have to practice violin for an hour you're not getting a snack like no no that's like normal you should be able to practice something for an hour my dad would force me to play uh you don't send me flowers anymore okay whenever he was upset and my mom (laughs) i swear to god this is a fact okay and then like i remember one time i was practicing and i was like oh whatever it was like not an interesting sounding song and my dad who does not know how to read music and did not know how it went. He just came in the room and started yelling at me about, no, do it again, do it again, like Mommy Dearest style. And I was just like, oh, my God. But then I went into my lessons the next day, and I got skipped up like three books. So I guess I'm pretty responsive to that type of behavior. But it's not fun. No, and it's I don't, not fun. I don't think it was my dream either. You know what I mean? Yeah. But oh. if it, if you would have kept yelling at me, I wouldn't be sitting here with with y'all bums. I would be out there in the you know at the the <laughs> Carnegie Hall. You know, I'd be I'd be living it up. I'd be doing the thing. But nope, I'm on a bachelorette podcast right now. Hell yeah! Thanks, Dad, for not yelling at me <laughs> more. This is why we're not Beyonce. That's the only reason. <laughs> yep, this is the only reason we're not Beyonce. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. (laughs) I could Um, only yell at myself. So on Clayton's second date with his family, he fucks them all. No, not really. But on his second date with the family, they're like, all right, so we met both girls. I think they had a stronger connection with Rachel in the end, and they just sort of felt their Rachel and Clayton's vibe more. Um, Probably, you know, because Gabby is... 31 and she she knows in her heart this is bullshit like she's way too old for this she knows and they could kind of feel that she knew well she looked like a wet dog she looked like a dog you know like yeah. she looked the fear was in her eyes and she looked like uh, she's like this isn't gonna be good yeah i'm gonna pee on your carpet like that's what she looked like she was very traumatized versus rachel still believes good things can happen because her frontal lobe cortex hasn't finished developing yet she hasn't turned 25, mm-hmm. so she's still very malleable. She's like Play-Doh. 
Um, so dad's just kind of like, all right, well, seems pretty clear. And then Clayton's like, I still don't know what to do. I'm still having problems. And dad is like, wait, what problems do you have? Mm-hmm. Like what? Pro- you've, <laughs> you've got all these hot women. <laughs> you've got one of them you obviously connect with. Um, and then he was like, you know, my heart used to be with those two women. I just introduced you to yesterday, but now my heart is beyond these walls bombshell dun 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 this isn't for ratings this isn't for ratings these are real feelings real feelings brought to you by anything i don't know swiffer wet jet corbell champagne we're gonna get sued (laughs) i hope so That'll, I said people, sniffer, head jet. We okay, that's what I said. People hear about us. <laughs> I stutter. Um, all right, so then he's like, you know, I'm in love with Susie. And they're like, wait a minute, Susie left your ass. She doesn't want to be with you. And then he's like, well, that's not exactly what happened. <laughs> Liar. <clears throat> and then the host is like, well, lucky for you, Susie is still in Iceland. And we haven't given her back her cell phone yet. So she hasn't actually talked to her friends or family or the people that love her. And she, we, we still, she, we haven't given her her crystal ball back yet, because if any woman had a crystal ball, she would know <laughs> that this is bullshit. Yeah. Um, uh, we've been waterboarding her for at least half an hour, so she's good to go. Yeah, he basically waterboarded her on the fantasy suite date because he took her to a spa where they kept going from really warm water to really cold water back and forth, mm-hmm. and like that allowed them to put off the conversation because she was so disoriented. <laughs> <laughs> She was like extra gaslightable. <laughs> um, was that uh, Nick Vital? Nick oh, Vial. Nick Vial. But he said something uh, pretty interesting. He said uh, that Clayton wasn't, or Clayton was trying to find love for himself, not with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, deep. Yeah. Nick Vile has an interesting perspective because when he was a contestant on The Bachelorette, um, The Bachelorette did fuck him and one or two other people as well. And she did not choose him. And he, he kind of became infamous for asking her on the After the Final Rose. He asked her straight up, if you didn't love me, then why did you make love to me? And everybody villainized him for asking that, like, that's impolite to say to a lady, but I mean, that he knows what it's like to feel that and articulate that feeling. And then when he was the bachelor, I'm pretty sure he only had sex with his final one. He like went off with everybody and hung out with them and stuff, but he only fucked his final one. Which is probably how you got to do things. Yeah. You can't fuck three people in one week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've done it, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I never. It, it, it doesn't. I'm, I didn't end it's up called ma- a hat trick. Okay, people, it's called a hat trick. You I, get- it's not like I ended up marrying any of those people. I don't think I could, because they're items in a series. I'm sure you took two of their virginities. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, that would be fucked up if Teddy. Went to fantasy suites, and then, like, he fucked everybody. 
Remember Teddy? She was the yeah, virgin. She was a virgin. She was a really hot virgin. A hot virgin in like her mid to late twenties. I don't know how. Oh, it was the Jonas that. Brothers. The Jonas Brothers did this to a whole generation <laughs> of people. Like I, I swear, I'm in people's wills for fucking them. Like in college, because like they just they believed in the promise ring. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it was too late for them, and they were getting itchy. You know what I mean? Like when when it's like this point of like. Yeah, they're going to hate, they're beginning to hate the opposite sex, you know, like this person's becoming an incel, you know, like because of the Jonas Brothers, this is terrible. (laughs) I sort of got the impression from Teddy that she had some like deep-seated trauma and that made her really like shut down and be like straight-laced type A go-getter type person. No, I think she's probably one of those people that didn't consider anal sex. She needs to have more anal. That'll fix her virginity. <laughs> uh, she's going to be a virgin forever if, if she keeps it that way. You know what I mean? Like, you can get pregnant if those walls break, right? He was never going to choose Teddy because he needs to explore. Yeah, I'm an explorer. I have to explore. <laughs> uh, I'm going to bust my nut. <sighs> it's so weird how acceptable to him it is. To stick his dick in a different girl every night and and then get mad at them for being upset about it. And say, I love you to them afterwards? Scream it in the street? I don't know. I kind of feel like you get wrapped up in the moment, like at the beginning of things, right? And he's set up to get wrapped up in the moment with all these. But love is really when a push comes to shove type of situation. Mm -hmm. Like you really don't know that you love someone until you're in a situation where it's like, Do I walk away or do I stay? And you have to weigh out, okay, never seeing this person again versus forgiving them for what they've done, right? Yeah. That's love, right? You measure love and forgiveness. I measure it in um, Chuck E. Cheese tickets. Well, let's hope that... Am I going to get a teddy bear or am I going to get a noisemaker? Long live that rat. You know, I hope that Chuck E. Cheese never closes because then Genevieve's heart will be broken forever. Like, what will you do then? Will you start producing the tickets yourself? We can do that, right? Uh, I bet that's a really easy scam. Oh, my God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like, fulfill some of my childhood fantasies, like, here pretty soon. I'm, I'm going to Dave & Buster. I'm going to sample from every skee-ball facility in the Denver metro area. Dave and Buster's is fun. Yeah. That's where you go on dates with 22-year-olds. And they order chocolate milk (laughs) at the bar. And you're like, you did say you were 22, right? And he's like, yeah, can I get some ice in that chocolate milk? (laughs) 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 That's weird, but I think it's kind of (laughs) quirky. How cute. Um, yeah, so that's that's where we're at with the episode. He chooses Susie. Susie is locked in a cage somewhere. Mm-hmm. She's had any kind of self-respect stripped from her, which it's hard for me to believe sometimes that she's 28 because they like she looks so young and cute that a lot of people are like, oh, well, she's young. Maybe that's like, no, nah, no, nah, she's 28. And what's sad, okay, even if you are... 28, so you're old enough to have some wisdom. 
mm-hmm. life experience, and you look like that, you look physically perfect, um, except for the boy hips, but that's fine because guys these days are half gay. Yeah, she has those uh, comb guys. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> his tiny dick will fit perfect. It's so crazy. Oh, God, when she gives birth to his giant baby. Oh, no. Oh. C-section, hello. I'm going to break those hips. But all right, so so it's like, it puts things in perspective, right? Because I think some women are like, oh, if I like looked beautiful and was more successful, I'd have better options. But it's like, nope, nope. They'll do it to the pretty girls too. And the pretty girls will take it because even if you have more suitors, that's more people to sift through, more people lying to you, telling you what you want to hear. Already as a woman, everyone like lies to us and tells us what we want to hear get what they want and yeah let's just dial it up and make it worse i'm gonna start cutting off people's lips you know what i mean if they're gonna be paying me lip service all the time you know what (laughs) nah nah i'm gonna hit them with that halfway circumcision Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. get that ambisol just cover their lips and just when they're after i've dropped them (laughs) well that's considered (laughs) yeah right (laughs) You know, even as a raging, high-riding bitch, I'm a fucking considerate. What is what kind of world is this? I mean, feminism, right? Mm-hmm. Old world meets new world. I'm actually not a feminist. I just like to not be a feminist. Oh, well, do you have a job? Do you vote? Yeah, but I'm pretty. Here's my cash app. <laughs> I'm a feminist. Do you mean a lesbiano? <laughs> Get it? Because because wait, no, that doesn't make sense anymore. This is old. This is older stuff again. Just bleeding in here. There used to be a T-shirt, and it was in El Paso. So like El Paso's traditionally ten years in the past from whatever date we are here. You know, so it's really outdated. They use like the iPhone four or something. Sidekick. They're still using a sidekick over there. <laughs> Are those like all telephones where you could click the button and it's like a walkie-talkie? That's still happening. They're still using their AOL mm. email. Prodigy. They got some prodigy over there. <laughs> They're going to go ask Jeeves. <laughs> they know Jeeves personally. You know, for some reason in the turn lane, like the left, you know, the left turn lane, like you know, protected left. There's always like an F-150 from 1980-something that is broken down on a hot summer day in that lane that you have to go around. I don't know why, but it's common (laughs) to be expected. That sounds... Made up? Not. It's not made up. (laughs) Colorado has like a bunch of laws that you can't really drive like an old rust bucket car that destroys the environment here. So that blew my mind when I first came here because I'm used to seeing like just weathered, old, rusty, hoopty mobiles like everywhere. And then I was like, why are all these cars new? And so I was like, that's a 20 year old Honda. And I'm like, a 20 year old Honda would feel new to me. Uh-huh. Like I, I, I was driving like a 2001 LaSalle and it felt like a new car to me because I had never driven anything that wasn't like my age or older it's a northern privilege thing because i remember my nephew he grew up here in denver and he'd come visit me down in texas and he would be like 
I remember he saw like a new Volkswagen, you know, when they changed the design. And he was like, oh my God, look, it's a new car. And I was like, you act like it, this place is a third world country. He's like, because it is. It is. There's no new cars. That's the only new car what? I've seen out here. Yeah. But, that blows know. my mind. Because everything feels new here to me. That's why I've got this joke. Um, whenever I do comedy after like a hot guy who's younger than me, I'll be like, oh, yeah, give it up for so-and-so. It just went up. He's younger than certain cars I've driven. And it's true. It's just true. Like, my first car was my age. Yeah. Like, we were born the same year. Aw, sisters. Yeah, well, she, she gave up on me. Her computer died after I met Stone Phillips. Oh, my God, that's a real story. <laughs> <laughs> Clear connection. Clear connection. Conspiracy. Any predictions for the future? Do, does anyone have a crystal ball? <laughs> I thought you said um, predictions and crystal balls. Like, I don't see how that's relevant. I'm just kidding. They said crystal balls all throughout the episode. They always say crystal balls. <laughs> yeah, They're always yeah, talking yeah. about the crystal balls. I miss Cleo. Okay, here's what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> so the, the other girl's going to come back. And in this new wave feminism role that... This network is going to carry on its back mm. and, and just like, so the, the girl's going to come back and she's going to be like, no, fuck you. You slept with two other girls. You stay alone. We're not going to make any more money off of this series with some sort of like other series about us having children. And she's going to walk away and then every woman's going to demand more pay in every job that they have. And, and you know what? Hillary's going to divorce Bill. It's going to be a whole thing. Our dad's going to come to our dance recital. Oh, my gosh. Finally. He's going to come and he's going to be like, I'm so glad I came. You danced like an angel. My dad came to Lion's Lair the other night. I bombed. Sometimes your dad shouldn't go to your recital. That's what happens every time my dad would actually show up to the recital. I'm like, God damn it. And then I'll do something amazing, and then it's like, no. I'm pretty sure he's kind of deaf, so it doesn't matter anyways. As long as people were smiling, I think maybe he thought I did well. Yeah, that's good. I totally spaced out Freak Train that night. Oh, that is your alma mater. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, yeah. A special place in Phil's heart, that free train. Yeah. And, uh, fucking Oren, he asked me to host the second half of the rover. And we were there till like 1130. It's fucked up. You hear that, Oren? <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> Shout out. You hear that orange cat? Yeah. What is his cat's name? It's adorable. I don't know. Pickles. Yep. Uh, I know way too much about his cat. Uh, I know, me too. Do you guys want to go to the... Um, Humor Underground? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm down. I gotta go to work. Oh, fuck that. I know. But, you know, shorty gotta get that paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't need no man. 
Well, you need several men to give yeah. you that money. Or yeah. just one, just one. And a lot of it, you know, pardon my tits and makeup. You <laughs> and <know>? she's <laughs> falling in love with all of them. Yep. <laughs> and it feels so good. This has been Comedians Ruin the Bachelorette podcast. <laughs>